You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Good evening. I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that I could be here. I have preached to, besides my family, I've preached to one more than once, so I'm glad that you're here. Uh, Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Many of you probably know this verse uh, by memory, and you'll understand this is just a a launching pad for tonight. We're at the end of the year. Uh, Unlike my predecessors on Wednesday nights, the pastor did not say preach on this, or he didn't give me any rails to the theme or anything like that, Uh, but it seems uh, appropriate I didn't think about it until just now. I guess this is the last uh, organized service of this year. And uh, I'm blessed to be able to uh, be here and to be in this place. I thank uh, the Lord and our pastor for the opportunity to preach here this evening. The verse here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's something about the new year. When it comes around, we're, we're just like ready to shake off all the last year. And when we start the calendar over on January 1st, we're like, whew, okay, I can start over. I'm not sure why that is, especially the older I get. I turned 54 this year. It's like there's nothing new. It's just the next day on January 1st. But... Um, There's something sort of cleansing about it. Maybe just to say, okay, good riddance to this, uh, this, uh, uh, these things that happen in my life or whatever it is. I know my first uh, job uh, when I became a bookkeeper forever ago, that was before Bible college. In this time, in between Christmas and New Year's, we had to do inventory. And that was a real drag because... You know, you wanted to go out to do the youth things, and those were all night. And I remember one year, we were up all night at a lock-in and then got out at like, I don't know, 7 in the morning or something like that. Guess what? Next day, we had to do inventory, which means taking all the machine tools out of the drawers and counting them accurately, by the way, and writing that down on a paper and then eventually getting it entered into a database. And I remember standing at, at the at the file cabinets, there are file cabinets with long drawers. And while I'm counting, I'd fall asleep and my knees would hit the drawers (laughs) and it would wake me up. And um, so I was was glad when uh, the year changed over and I could say good riddance to that for a year. Uh, But here, um, looking at the end of this year and things, I really uh, feel like that a lot of times we look at the new year as a new start. Some, you know, you hear about the new year's resolution, and I'm not really much into resolutions. 
just uh, because of their failure rate. <laughs> it seems like uh, we get some new energy and at the beginning of the year, like, oh, I promised to do this, I'm going to resolve to do that, I'm going to handle these things, and, um, you know, by January 31st, we're, we're back in defeat land because maybe we didn't meet any of them, I don't know. But this is a good time when we should look back on this year and determine, okay, in, in my relationship with my family members, in my relationship with my Lord, are there any changes that, that, that I want to make or are there any changes that I need to make so that this next year is better? Some people make resolutions. They try a new diet. I tried a new diet this year. It's called Get Over Diabetes. <laughs> and I had a good visit with the doctor here a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, he didn't say, you know, you don't have it anymore. But he said my numbers are better than a lot of people that don't have it coming in there. So I'm glad for that. The Lord has uh, made our bodies capable of recovering things. I'm glad for that. Uh, some people are planning new marriages, new jobs. New, new lots of things. But I think that between now and even Sunday, especially as, as we look and, and we're coming to services anew next Sunday, it's going to be the first day of the year. That'll be a great start to the year, amen? We just get to start it out, out with all of the ministries as usual and get going. And uh, I think between now and then is a good time to take inventory or take stock to see, okay, what, what were the things that I was disappointed about this year? Or maybe even, even to, to put some oomph behind it, what, what were some things that I was under conviction about over this last year that, that maybe I didn't do anything about? There are a number of new beginnings in, in God's word. For instance, after Jesus died and he rose up from the grave, the disciples, you know, Peter being the, the great disciple of faith that he was, what did he say? He said, I go a fishing. I'm out. Now, what do they say now? Peace out? So he was kind of doing a peace out thing there for a little bit until Jesus visited him. And guess what? He understood that Jesus was alive and, and he got a renewed spirit and he went from there into Pentecost and beyond spending the rest of his life I don't think he was trying to make up for failures necessarily there, but he definitely had a new commitment to the Lord when he understood that Jesus is alive. And it was a new beginning for him. And this, this may serve for in this purpose for us tonight. Not, not because we, it's a new thing to us that Jesus is alive. I know that. He's living within me. I talk to him day by day. So Jesus is alive. There's no question about that. But to wonder over this last 12 months were there were there places or times that I failed him there were uh, are there were there times when I would have liked to have done better in whatever cause it is when when I examine my life in light of God's word sure there are and so thinking about these things I, I started to enumerate certain ones and I thought well I, you know, if these things are true in my life, they're probably true in other people's lives. I know that for David, 
He had conviction from the prophet that came and told him of his sin, but he also writes numerous times about the new beginning that God gave him when he forgave him. And it's interesting to understand in, in our relationships. Now, John Rice said this, no matter what a man's past may have been, his future is spotless. We have that because of Jesus and his blood. Amen? Amen. We, we can have hope about the future because uh, if we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit's power. And all that really we need to know is, is we just need to obey him better and, and we'll do better. Jacob and Esau reconciled. Granted, it was a little later in life. They were about 90 years old when we read about that in Genesis chapter 33. Pastor's been preaching on that. But they got a new start. And we're looking at a new year, perhaps a, a new opportunity to, to start in our relationship anew, maybe renew it with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But the believers can use this season as a date for similar things. Let's look at Psalm chapter 119. A number of years ago, there were several ministry leaders that were just offering their wisdom or perhaps biblical wisdom on the start to a new year. One of them said, many people are kept from planning anything for the new year or for the future because they are so bound up with the failures of the past. Don't, don't let your failures of this 2022 prevent you from taking steps of faith in 2023. Of, of figuring out, okay, I'm going to serve the Lord this way. I'm going to do this better. Uh, I'm going to do something different. Maybe try a new ministry at the church. Maybe try a ministry at the church. There's so many different things, ways that you can look at this. But in Psalm chapter 119 and 105, something that's going to benefit us throughout the year is the reading and study of God's Word. Why is it that this gets mentioned over and over and over? Uh, because it's true. Yeah, all oh, the preacher's preaching again, and he says, all we have to do to be faithful to the Lord is pray and read our Bible and come to church. Well, if you do that all of the time, that message would, would just, it would not bother you. But if it bothers you because the preachers keep bringing it up, it's probably the Holy Spirit saying, um, you fell a little short. It's okay. This isn't a, this isn't a thing that determines heaven or hell for you, Amen. It determines uh, some things about your relationship with the Lord, but in the grand scheme of things, if you fell down on this in 2022, just get back up again in 2023 and go forward. And say, what, where I failed back there is not going to keep me from trying to have better success this year. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. By the way, just, this just leads us to the next thing. If you're reading God's word, that's spiritual food. But if you're really looking for some direction and some light, you need to spend more time than just reading God's word. You need to get in it and study it. 
because there are applications there. I remember a, a Ukrainian fellow telling me one time, he was telling me about Proverbs and, and how old it was, and, and it didn't have any application anymore. And, and I looked at him kind of funny. I said, why in the world would you say that? He said, oh, it was written this many hundred years ago, and uh, he gave me all, all this litany of everything. And I said, you need to go back and reread it and see how it applies to your life as a human and how it applies to your life as a human compared to God as God. And you'll see that book in a whole different light. And God really got a hold of him that way. I don't know that it was necessarily through the book of Proverbs or anything that I said, but I know that there was a change in his life and now he's one of the preachers going up and down the front line taking supplies to soldiers and preaching to them as he goes. And uh, all he's got is, an, I think, an old Soviet van to do it in, but he's doing it. There's not anybody that puts themselves out there for somebody else like that except God touches their heart and causes them to do it. Something changed there. And he didn't let old things and old statements hold him back from new opportunities to serve the Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Did you ever have a period in life where you're coming to church and you're like, okay, God, give me the answer through the preaching. Lord, let me understand. Help, teach me, Lord, through the teaching in Sunday school. Give the message to the pastor that I need. And you went away empty. Anybody like that? You can, you can be honest. Raise your hand. I'm not going to tell the preacher. Eric, quit panning the audience, man. You know, there are times that we cannot get the answer from someone else. We need to go to God to get the answer. There are times, and, and, and if you don't spend any time reading God's word, you're not going to get answers that you're looking for. If you don't spend any time studying God's word, you're going to be looking, 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 but you're going to be the one with itching ears. And what you should be doing is, you know, scratching your eyes with God's word. To be looking at it and saying, okay, Lord, what is the answer to this? I have this sorry relationship with my coworkers. Lord, what is your answer to make that relationship better? Lord, I want to serve you better. How can I do that? The pastor may have an answer. He may suggest a ministry. He may suggest getting right with God. I, I tell you what, if the pastor's message to me is get right with God so you can serve God, I'd rather hear it from God <laughs> than the pastor. But in order to get that from God, I have to go to God. I have to go to his word and let it shine on me. Okay, Lord, shine your light on me. Show me where I failed you. Show me where I've got troubles. Lord, I want to do better. I'm going to go get these answers from God and his word. That's one way that you can get, you can get help for yourself by Bible study, but you can get help for someone else through Bible study as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. 
those things that we learn for ourselves are going to enable us to serve others as well. If this is good for me, it's going to help somebody else. If God's word speaks to you, don't think that you're the only one on the planet that God wants to say that to. And very often the lessons that we learn, and I'll share one here in a few minutes about prayer, but those lessons that we learn from God are things that, yeah, we can use it for ourselves, but really we can't hang on to it. We need to share it with someone else. A lot of times new believers have, have trouble sharing uh, with someone else something that they've learned from God's word, not because they haven't learned it, not because they, God hasn't spoken to them. They just think, oh, so-and-so has already been a Christian this many years. They've already heard it. They don't need to hear it again from me. It's not true. Uh, hey, come tell me. I'll listen. I'm glad, I'll rejoice in your growth with the Lord to understand that this is something that you are learning and if God gives me a word, I'll share it with you definitely. But, but these things that we learn gleaning from God's word, it's not just for us, it's for someone else. And if you think God doesn't want to use you to help someone else, um, you're wrong. The first New Testament commandment is to love the Lord, but the second one is, is to love others. And part of the way that we love them is sharing God's word with them, sharing things that God has taught us so that they don't have to go through the same trials and things that we went through. Something else we can take stock of perhaps is looking at God's promises and, and see, okay, in this last year, I know God promised this and this and this, and well, I've been dodging it. I've been taking care of this myself. I haven't trusted God for this. Uh, we speak a, a lot of times about trusting God for the faith promise for missions. Hey, you've got to trust God just for the tithe. Any offerings you want to give, you've got to trust God for those things. Amen? And uh, about the time you start thinking that, oh, I've got this, I do this all by myself, God doesn't help me, um, you can get an education from the Lord on that. I don't recommend it. I recommend just always leaning on him. But as we see his promises, what the Lord expects is, is that we take a step of faith, looking at that promise and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you for this, and here's my step of faith that direction. As we do those things, we, we've been doing um, Financial Peace University here, and they have the baby steps. In the Christian life, we have the baby steps. And these are baby steps of faith that as we read God's word and we study it and we see a promise where, for instance, he's promised never to leave us nor to forsake us, that should enable us, understanding that he is with us, to go do a whole bunch of things for him. And all the decisions that we make, we need to look back over this last year and say, okay, where did I try to get around God's promises? A lot of times we look at his promises as positive things. Things will be blessings to us. We need to understand also that he speaks about a, a promise as a father dealing with his children. If we failed him, we might ought to expect some chastisement for that. And it's not because God wants us to feel good. He wants us to get back on the right path. 
That's all that chastisement is for. Chastisement isn't to exact a pound of flesh and, and punish us. It is to guide us back to his loving way. If you'll understand his chastisement that way, you'll understand all that I need to do to leave his chastisement is get going the right direction. So looking over the last year, did we go off into his chastisement? Okay, Lord, I wasn't listening. I'm on the right path. I'm going to go this direction. Were there times that maybe we were unforgiving in the last year? I don't like to talk about forgiveness. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to do. And depending on how deep the wound is that you have to forgive, the harder it is to do, it seems like. But the Bible says that as God has forgiven us in Christ, so we should forgive. And I tell you what, there's nobody done anything even remotely close to me like what was done to Jesus Christ. So I should be able readily to forgive. But are there times in the last year I failed to forgive as Christ had forgiven me? Maybe so. In which case, for this coming year, I'm not going to shy away from forgiveness. I'm, I might shy away from things that cause me to have to ask for forgiveness. I might be more ready with a word of forgiveness. But I want this next year to be better in this respect. We have been hearing sermons about love works. James said, faith without works is dead. I think that uh, we need to show, and by the way, sometimes, don't misunderstand. If the Lord calls you or, or wants you to do something big, uh, do it for the Lord. Don't do it for the recognition. Sometimes the Lord just challenges us to challenge us. It's not so that somebody can see me do something. It's not. Sometimes I, I, I hide what I'm doing because I don't, I don't want to be praised for it except for by God himself. What about you? How many pharisaical acts did you do in this 2022? That's what those are. If you, if you do these things to be seen of men, God says, well, you got your reward. And guess what? It's over with. It's done. 2022 is over. I'm thinking, okay, when, when God promises answers to prayer like he does in Matthew chapter 6, I want to look forward and, okay, I want to do these things secretly. I want the Lord to uh, honor these things with his power, with his help. I want him to bless in these things. And I, I, I'll know when he blesses. And what I want to do is when I come down to this Wednesday next year, I want to take stock of this coming year and see that Hmm, well, the Lord did a lot more blessing this year. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know what the challenge from the Lord is going to be for myself. But I want to be able to take those steps of faith towards the Lord so that the Lord can make sure that my next year is better than my last year. I'm going to attempt new steps of faith. William Carey, a great missionary, said, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Sometimes the only time that the Lord is going to bless and, and do great and mighty things is, is when we take bigger steps of faith. 
Well, if you think reading your Bible every day for a year is a big step of faith, wait till he calls you to preach. If you think studying God's word and, and praying for 15 minutes a day is, is a big step of faith, and I'm not belittling it, there, there's probably a crowd in here that doesn't do that. I'm not being judgmental of you, but I know myself and I know the challenge that it, that it comes to me every day in the morning to get up and make sure, okay, I'm on my Bible reading or I'm on a devotion, I'm in prayer before I ever get to the work day. And there are times I have to sit there with a piece of paper because I can't remember a thing I have to do until I got to pray. And then I can remember it all. It's a miracle. And I have to take that paper and write down, okay, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. So when I put it down on the piece of paper, the devil's not telling me anything new and somehow I can turn it off. And I can go on in prayer and in peace with the Lord. We ask a great deal from God. The Bible says that we are bought with a price. And what a price, amen? The blood of Jesus Christ. What is God's return on investment on that? I talk to business owners all of the time and they wonder, is it worth it to do this? Is it worth it to do that? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I tell you what, I want my return on God's investment in me to come out this year with a higher number. I don't know how we're going to quantify that, and maybe the Lord will show that in this coming year. But again, trying to relay to you some of these things that are, that are in my mind over these, these last days of this year, to think, okay, we have a new year coming up. We're, we're, we're calling it New Beginnings. But I want to take stock. I don't want to just forget about this last year. I, I probably will come to some sorrow about this last year. Maybe ways that I failed the Lord. But uh, if that will motivate me to fail him less in the coming year, success. Not because I'm anybody, but just because I want to be more pleasing to my Lord. I, I think that that should be the prayer of every single one of us here. Now the Bible says, of course, uh, that we're supposed to ask things from God. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. This one's interesting from Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 8. It says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Man, I would like for the Lord to delight in me. I would like for him to be delighted because somehow I bring that to him. I want to be more valuable to him in this coming year. By the way, the Bible says in Acts chapter 20, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think probably that for us, that would be our giving this year would honor him by giving his priorities higher place in our life. The world isn't getting better. I've been seeing 
studies come out the last couple of weeks and they're talking about how Christianity is declining in our country. About how many people are going away. Now they're calling themselves agnostic and, and atheist and everything else. Um, I, I hope that is none of us in here. That every one of us, if somebody started to think that, that we're agnostic or we're not believers or something, that we would run away from that to God. In, in some respects, it's harder to stand for the Lord. I mean, just in your workplace. Oh, you can't talk about God. I cannot talk about God. My wife's work is very interesting because she's not supposed to bring up certain things, but somehow God works it out that somebody else brings it up and then she's just like, free reign. This is one of the best times of the year, one of the quieter times of the year after family has left, Christmas is over, we still got turkey hangover. To sit and think, Lord, how can I do better for you this year. I'm just going to answer for myself here. I want to do better in the area of prayer. I have been reading uh, some writings of a fellow who around the, the turn of the 19th century, he, he wrote several books on prayer. He was uh, ministering in uh, South Africa and uh, there weren't, you know, just tons of Christian writings that were going around at the time. And he was a very prolific writer, probably more than 200 works to his name. And one of them that he wrote is called With Christ in the School of Prayer. And, and that thing challenges me. It's, it's 31 chapters or devotions. It's one for every day of a long month. But I can't read it one in one day because I, I'm so under conviction and, and I so want to sort of live up to some of the things that he's saying. But one of the things I was reading the other day that he so... Uh, was impressing and, and bringing out in the scripture is, is God's answers to prayer. Look at Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6, we know this portion of scripture, we, we've subtitled it, if you will, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is speaking to them about prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, and verse number 6, he says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. It's interesting, it's all written there together. Pray to thy Father, thy Father shall reward thee. Do you see that? Just those things crammed together there. And, and the author there, his name is Andrew Murray. He's, he's writing about this. And so many times, I, I didn't really think about it until he came and he brought up also what some people call the Lord's Prayer. It's the model prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17. But the model prayer. How many of us have had to recite that because the priest told us to? How many of us recited it for other reasons? But the model prayer there. In Matthew chapter number 7, Ask and it shall be given you. 
And in the model prayer there, what are we supposed to do? The Bible says there that we give us, we ask for our daily food. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We, as rich Americans, we, think, we don't think much about that because we have a pantry and a refrigerator. My, my daily food next Wednesday is already in the freezer. We are very blessed in this nation and we don't think in daily terms this way. Yet, if you pray every day, when you come to the next day in prayer, you ought to look back at the day before and see what out of that whole litany of requests that you made before the Lord was answered yesterday. I've been thinking about, I've been praying for my parents for their health and ministry and, and um, you know what? I, I was reading through this devotion and I understood I've been praying this for many days but not thanking the Lord for many days. How many prayers he's answered all along the way that we've been going? Wow. I've been praying for certain people to be healed and, and to help with their uh, illness or, or whatever's happened to them and to understand that if I do this on a daily basis, God's been answering all along the way. And I haven't given him the proper due for all of that answered prayer because I didn't recognize it as answered prayer day by day. So I'm not judging you for any of this. I'm telling you what is my journey right now in walking with the Lord and what I want for this coming year. I want a better prayer life. I want it to be stronger. I want it to be more effective. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, what's the next word? Receiveth. And, and if, if you have not experienced that individually yourself, I'd say set that as a goal for 2023. To see how it is that the Lord has answered your prayers. Take stock over these next few days before Sunday and look back and see how many times God answered you and, and positively. And, and because sometimes, you know, praying, you're thinking, God hasn't answered my prayers. And yet, if you're praying for safety and health and, and all these other things that many people do, you don't think about all of these days that all of these people you're praying for had safety and health and all these things day by day. And God answered these things, man, over and over and over. Why? Because he that asketh receiveth. By the way, one guy said prayer is something more than asking God to run errands for us. Amen. And if that's been our prayer in 2022 and 2023, let's make it a prayer of praise and worship of him, of who he is, of his will, and of surrender to him. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I want to be more giving in my prayer, adoration and praise of the Lord. At this same gathering where the other, where the one preacher said uh, many people are kept from planning anything for the future because they are so bound up with the failures of the past. Billy Graham was there at the same time and he said, first, God wants you to know him more fully. 
And if you do know him, resolve to spend more time with him this year in prayer, Bible study, and fellowship. And if we would do that, it will help us. It'll help our families. It'll help our church. It'll help our missionaries. It might even help our country. And so let's take stock as we're coming down to the end here. Take stock of this last year and think, okay, what is it? What is it that, that was dissatisfying about 22 that I want to change in 23? What can I change? If I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to take steps to make things whatever, better, more faithful, what, what's that step going to be for you? What is it? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed and let's just take stock for a few minutes and look back and remember those times when we understand that, yeah, God was working on me. And I kind of resisted him on this. And, and I know that from my own life, I could bring up many, many situations and I just want to do better for the Lord. If, if I know that I came on Saturday to visitation 10 times, I want to make it 12 or 15. If I made it to, to, to church services only 48 weeks this year, I want to make it 50 or 52 in the coming year. But let's take stock. As the music plays, let's everyone stand. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.